Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is the Naked Gaming Podcast. Hello, it's Chris Barrow. Hello. And Lee Milner there. Hiya. Woo. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Sorry, interrupted them. I'm just too excited about this episode. We've got a lot to discuss today. Uh, there's been a breaking news report, which mm-hmm. is kind of perfect timing for our news update episode. I've got a new video coming for you as well. And yeah, we've just been playing loads of games recently. In fact, what's the one that I've been playing? Wreckfest. Wreckfest. Oh, it's so good. It is awesome. And you've been playing Abe's Odyssey soul storm so good as well oh, it's ri- so i literally want to play more of that tonight so fast paced compared to the original abe's odyssey games when you first press play you actually think it's more like a kind of 3d platformer Action. yeah, yeah but platformer, you're yeah. still kind of side scrolling so but because the graphics are so amazing mm. it comes out of the screen it's so good but today we're all about the news so we're going to get on with it and bring you our news update So loot boxes. This has been a story that's been rumbling on in the news for the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Now, a loot box, you know what a loot box yeah, is, don't sure. you? I'll give you an example of how it works, though. So let's say there's a pirate, and the pirate comes along and says, Ooh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I've got a treasure chest for you. Okay. Would you like to buy it? Now, I'm not going to tell you what's inside, but there's a very good chance. How much for? There's a thousand gold pieces in here. Okay. I'll sell it to you for 20 quid. Go on, then. So you get the loot box. Yep, thank you very much. And then you open it up. Yeah. And then either it's got a thousand gold coins in. Yeah. Or it's got nothing. It's just sand, sand. Oh, that's sad. But weren't you excited opening it? The promise of what could have been inside the loot box. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a lucky dip. It's essentially like a lucky dip. So if a player buys a loot box in a video game, you only obviously find out what's in it once you've paid for it. It's usually things like a new player for your FIFA football team mm-hmm. or a new weapon in a game like Counter-Strike. Um, but it's totally, totally random. And the government's actually considering whether it's a kind of gambling. When you buy the loot box, they're actually worth some real-life money. Because you don't know whether you're actually going to get said prize yeah. or nothing and when you get the prize that prize can be traded with other people and it's let's say it's worth 20 quid to have that latest gun for counter-strike you're mm-hmm. essentially gambling actually a new report looking at the link between gaming loot boxes and problem gambling has found that they are structurally and psychologically akin to gambling the report was carried out by researchers at the universities of plymouth and wolverhampton dr james close one of the report's authors from the university of plymouth has been speaking to you, Chris. We did a systematic review of literature and found around 13 surveys that looked at problem gambling symptoms with loot box purchasing, and 12 out of these 13 found an unequivocal link. So that's been robustly verified, and is is of a, a reasonable magnitude as well. So that link is as strong as links between, say, 
problem gambling and alcohol dependence, for example. So, you know, it's, it's of a reasonable magnitude. Tell me about the fear of missing out factor. So, you know, a lot of these items, these loot boxes are time limited. So you might only have a day or two days to get a specific kind of item in the game. So people obviously, they're buying loot boxes for various reasons. They could be gameplay related factors. So they're driven to buy them to get further in the game or to compete better with their friends by, you know, getting a certain player in, in FIFA, for example, that they'll make their team better and they compete better. But then there's those social factors as well. So there's that, that sort of bragging rights of having a good player or that, that sort of playground sort of peer pressure of and having the new player, so to speak, and yeah. having a cooler skin. Um, but then when you're actually in the item shop, there's all these sort of different psychological nudges trying to drive people to buy and that, uh, this an- idea of anchoring that, that, you know, one loot box might cost you, you know, 149 but you can get three for £2. And yeah. that, that immediately, because you sort of anchored to this price of one, one for 149 then three for £2 seems like a good deal. That, that's a great deal. I'll buy those as well. Um, and then there's, there's the other effects going on subtly as well, sort of endowment effects where often games will give you the loot box first. Um, so like they're creating key mechanics in, in things like Counter-Strike where, you know, this weapon crate drop and... You know, you now own this thing, but then you've got to buy the key to unlock it. I mean, as somebody who has bought loot boxes myself, for example, card games, if you play online card games, they tend to, it's fundamental to the way the game works. You buy a pack of cards, let's say you get five cards in it, you need to not know what you're going to get, otherwise it's not a sort of randomly collecting card game. Is that kind of thing more okay more acceptable yeah no, i think i think that's, that's a good question and, and a really tricky one to answer uh, where do you draw the line and i don't think it's it's necessarily right for me uh, as an individual as a researcher to decide that i think these are sort of bigger questions for yeah. society in a way and, and actually how what sort of society and what sort of gaming products do we want to create and, and work with young children are buying these loot boxes and spending quite a lot of money on them and not everybody can afford to do that i think it's is it the top five percent of spenders are creating a huge amount of money for games companies in the whole industry but actually those top five percent of spenders aren't the top five percent of earners absolutely yes yeah i mean we pulled together from about six different surveys around data from around seven thousand loot box purchases where they've been surveyed and they're given information such as their their loot box purchasing, how much they spent on them, you know, what their earnings were, and also things like their problem gambling symptoms measured by something called the Problem Gambling Severity Index, the PGSI, which is used by, you know, um, people like the Gambling Commission in their annual survey. And, and what these studies show, once we pull together these 7,000 different, different people, is that Actually, you're, as you're saying, uh, a disproportionate amount of income was made up from a very small number of people. So around 5% of loot box purchases, actually around 50% of industry profit appear to come from those people. What was interesting is that this wasn't linked to income at all. So when you look at the self-report income, higher earners weren't spending any more money on loot box than lower earners. What we did see, however, is that those with problem, higher problem gambling symptoms were spending a lot more. Um, so those 5% of loot boxes making up half of the industry profits, around a third of those would be classified as problem gamblers, um, which is is quite substantial, I think, and it shows that a disproportionate amount of income is coming from uh, at-risk individuals. That was Dr James Close speaking to Chris. So it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he is essentially saying that there is a definite link between yes. people who 
gamble and people who spend loads of money on loot boxes. It's because it's not a guaranteed prize. Does I think. that make it more exciting or not, though? Because as I said, I, you know, I play a card game and you buy five cards and the, the excitement is you don't know what you're going to get. And sometimes you know that you have to buy 10 packs to get anything good. Like, you remember Pokemon collection cards when you were a kid? Did you uh-huh. collect Pokemon yeah, cards? Yeah, yeah, Like, you used to open them and open them and open them, and if you ever got a shiny one, it was like, oh, this is amazing. But isn't that the definition of gambling? Well, that's kind of that's what the argument is. you get... That's the cause of the excitement. I you don't know whether you're going to win. And should children and young people be allowed to spend money to get the kind of excitement that some people see as gambling i think that's the argument isn't it? i think the problem is that people can be too young and too naive and not quite understand what gambling is they might think you know that 20 pound box you sold me will guarantee me the prize that you said and when you don't get it when you don't get it you think hang on a minute why didn't they get it so i think maybe just clearer rules around these sort of things might be the solution but also isn't it interesting that some companies will give you the treasure chest or the box straight up and say you own this box but the key costs 20 pounds has that ever worked on you yeah i think it has worked has on me it? They've, I think in, you know, shooter games where they've said, well, you know, open this chest and you will definitely get a new gun. We don't know how good it will be. You sort of think, well... I'm... And how many times has it been a great gun? Never. <laughs> I'm very unlucky there. I'm very unlucky. I don't think it helps, actually, that when you're... If you're really into gaming, you'll watch uh, streamers who are mm. playing the game. And very often you'll see them opening, you know, a thousand loot boxes. And, of course, if you do that many you do get an amazing prize at the end of it. But at the end of the day, they've got money from sponsorships. And also... So it's not really their money. And they're very often given these boxes to open. Yeah. So it's not really the same. But then you're, you as a kind of normal person who pays the 20 quid for it, you're the one who loses all your money in the end. But that's the price you pay for gambling. The other thing that's so interesting about this report is that the biggest spenders, the top 5%, are making the most money for the gaming industry. They don't necessarily have loads of money. So, the so it's top not just spenders, mega rich people that no. just spend all this money. It's actually people that can't afford it. And it's the definite link between people who have a tendency to gamble and those who are buying loot boxes. I think that's the most interesting. So it's almost targeting people who have a weakness for this. Yeah. Stop kidding around. Just one more story for you on our news update episode. This is... I don't know if I like the idea of this, but you kind of do like the idea of this. So EA have patented a new kind of technology that's designed to keep you playing video games for much, much longer. I I need... Whatever technology they have, (laughs) I have a really, really short attention span. So this new technology from EA, uh, it's a new difficulty system. So what happens is that you're you're playing a game, let's say it's a a, a game like Crash Bandicoot 4, and if you get stuck on one level, it will just make it easier for you to progress. So if you die a few times in a row, the game will adjust its easiness and let you sail through. Uh, Now, there are games like this that exist already. One of my favourite games of all time is called Left 4 Dead. And we've played that, the zombie game, where you kill people on the Xbox. (laughs) And what happens is if your team is really struggling and you're low on health and you you haven't got any medikits left and you're struggling through, the game gives you a little bit of a break. It lets you kind of accelerate forward. And then if you're really healthy, it will throw all the zombies at you and try and kill you. Now, do you like that? Well, I like it because I like to think that it's only giving you a little break and then, you know, you're trying to kind of recover and then it's going to really punish you (laughs) on the way further down the line. But I wouldn't like to think that 
if you just stayed at low health forever in the game, you could just sail through. So if you just stay at one health, you'll never die. It still does challenge you. Yeah, but like, with, so I'm, I'm currently playing Little Nightmares 2. And there are some levels which I find really difficult. Yeah. And so, sometimes, I admit... I've handed you the controller. And I've had to help and you too. And you've had to help. Like, so sometimes you mis- have to like dislocate your thumb to get through a level. Well, because the controls, I don't think they're fully designed for the Switch. You've got to go for it's the claw. Ridiculous. So if you want the torch and you have to run and you need to yeah. adjust the ah. camera, the claw, cu- the, the, the controller claw comes out. But if, if, if I have this technology or if the technology worked in the game, then... I think I wouldn't have given you the controller. And you I would have carried on. I would have carried on and I would have tried to complete the mission myself. And but I'm I am stuck this technology game. for you then. Exactly. You are the technology. <laughs> I'm cheap. Not mate. everybody has a Chris. <laughs> He's expensive. Yeah, if you want to call it Chris, Chris Tech, I'm very happy. Like caller Chris. Call um, the call of Chris. <laughs> but no. okay, let me ask you this though. Isn't the point of beating a game the fact that you have beaten the challenge set by the developers? Like, for example, no. Streets of no. Rage that we play, Streets of Rage so this 4. This is where we disagree. I play a game for entertainment ah, to pass by. So it's better for casual gamers. Right. Though. Ah, well, maybe that's it. I play a game because I like gaming. I enjoy it. I like watching what I'm watching. I like playing. I like the challenge. But I don't like something too hard where I think, you know what, this is too hard. I'm not, I'm not going to try again. So for you, it would switch you off the game. Whereas for other people, they want to have that kind of uh, difficulty wall coming at them, which they can't, they almost have to beat. They have to increase their skill to get past people. Yeah, don't want if, that. if every game had this technology, I, I quite like it. Cause it means, really? Yes, because it would mean that I would complete more games. There are countless games that I've just packed in because I thought I can't complete it, so there's no point. Maybe there needs to be an option on games where it's <gasps> yes, hardcore casual. That's good. And the casual yeah. option is actually, it kind of really yeah. is easier. You like the challenge, don't you? <sighs> Yeah, but there does come a point. You think this is a bit of a cop-out, don't you? There does come a point, though, in some games where I've spent, you know, I think it was Burnout 1, where I got 99% and I could not beat the final race. But then I spent absolutely hours learning how to do it and I got 100% and it felt really gratifying. If I'd have been, here's the 100%, it wouldn't have felt like it meant anything. When we kind of got the PS1 going the other day and I played Driver, you said to me, oh, I didn't get past like even the first bit because I didn't quite understand how to do it. It does a driving test at the beginning and I couldn't do it. Right. What if you had this technology, you would have got past it and then you probably would have really enjoyed the game. I just think that's bad game design. I think they shouldn't let you do that. It's too difficult. The bar was too high. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe I'm being too And also something sometimes, vice versa, I've played a game that's actually too easy. Oh, maybe I didn't think about it like that. And it would sometimes be great to add some difficulty to it. That is quite a good idea, actually. Well, the thing is, Back for Blood is coming out, which has this exact kind of system running in it. It's like a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead 2 and Left 4 Dead 1. So I'll see how that goes for me. But yeah, maybe there is something in it. I don't know. What do you think? Why don't you let us know on Twitter? Uh, We're at Naked Gaming (laughs) Pod. Well, that's our news update episode for you. Uh, just a little bit extra. Something I want to mention as well, we've started doing Monkey Island Discs where we interview people who are huge fans of gaming that you may have heard of. OJ Borge was our first guest. He mm-hmm. does the late night show on Radio 2. Thanks to OJ so for cool. getting involved and, and finding time before his Radio 2 show. Yeah. Like an hour before he was going to go on air. He was like, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you about games. And then talk to me for ages about Aww, games. I really nice. appreciate that. On the first of next month, our next episode is 
with Louise Blaine. Oh, cool. Who's a really, uh, she's a broadcaster who does yeah. Radio 3 Sound of Gaming wow. show. And she loves all the music of games. And she is a huge fan of Assassin's Creed. I just, I think we should do more of this. It's talking to more women in gaming. She's there, there isn't enough of it about these days do you want to do it actually yeah i'd love to do it okay lee's gonna be in an episode as well should we do episode four for you yeah all All right right, she's on it you can check us out on twitter at naked gaming pod we're also on youtube we've got a new video that's going to be out basically today as long as i can pull my finger out (laughs) Uh, where we talk about pigs pigs that can game it's been busy hasn't it they can't fly but they can play games uh that's it peace out mic drop Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.